thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, um, as you know, if you've uh, been at Radiant for a little while, um, each year we have a word for the year. And in uh, 2022, our word for the year was pioneer. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just led us uh, to that word of being pioneers. And I think 2022 has been a year of pioneering. It's been a powerful year of taking new ground. And uh, just for fun, can we just give uh, God a big hand? This was the year that we pioneered a new building. And so we've got it. I know we got a long way to go, but man, I'm just still celebrating and thanking God. And showed that video just now about the presence of God, because as we go into 2023, uh, I really sense like the word for 23 is presence. And the idea of the presence of God, being a people of the presence of God. And so as we look to this new year, uh, beginning in January, I wanna invite you to pray with me about being a people uh, marked by his presence. And I wanna encourage you, um, maybe you're one of those people that uh, it would be a great moment as you look towards a new year to just recommit and say, one of the best things that you could do is for the year, get as close to God as you possibly can. So just last week on Sunday, I talked about having the best Christmas of your life. Got a text uh, today saying, I'm having the best Christmas of my life as I draw close to God, which that couldn't make me more happy. And I wanna just take that a bit further and say, if in 2023, it's the year that you're closest to God, it will be the greatest year of your life. That doesn't mean that your circumstance necessarily gets better, but if you'll draw near to him, I think one of the ways that you could do that is not only to be with him, but to just go all in. Take a year where you go all in, even at church and say, you know what? On Sundays, I'm gonna gather in the congregation with the people of God and worship. I'm gonna jump all into a small group and be discipled, make disciples. I'm gonna discover what God's called me to do and serve and make a difference and I would just want to encourage you, if you'll, if you'll just recommit, pray, what would it look like for you to take 2023 and go all in with us? I think you'd be surprised at the way that you would see God at work in your life. I was just uh, looking to believe for presence of God in 23 for your family. Presence of God as you sit with God alone. Presence of God as we gather on Sundays I know it's just picturing even the presence of God as we begin 21 days of prayer. And maybe this is your first time to Radiant Church or you consider yourself new. I think um, it'd be good for you to know that this is one of the dreams that we have for you. Our, our dream in starting this church was to be, the way that we say it is radiant disciples of Jesus. Psalm 34, five says, those who look to him are radiant. And so it's not the idea of that we're a people that, are perfect, but we're a people that are looking to Jesus. We're people that look to Jesus in whatever we're going through. And so we would encourage you, if you're looking for a place to plug in, I hope this could be a place for you. If you've got your Bibles, let's go John 1 today, or if you've got your apps on your iPhone. And I wanna just take a few moments and talk about Christmas, and this glorious moment where we celebrate Jesus being born. John 1.10 reads like this. 
It says, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. I want to start off with that idea of receive. He came to us and to those who received him. Let's just pause there. Christmas time is a time where we give gifts. Christmas is a time where we receive gifts. I don't know what you're hoping to receive or maybe a gift that you've received in the past. But um, one of the memories that I have, one of the gifts that I received, fourth grade, trumpet player. And got, got any musicians in the house? Just raise your hand. You're a musician. Let's go. I'm not, but I got a trumpet. There we go. Uh, fourth grade. And I was third chair trumpet. It's kind of a big deal. If you're new to band world, trum trumpet is a uh, third chair. means that I was the third best trumpet player in our school. <laughs> Thank you very much. Problem is there's only three trumpet players in the school. <laughs> O'Brien was first chair. Brian was tall, basketball player, super cool. Ben, he was second chair, super smart. I'm sure he grew up to be very intelligent. Then there was me, third chair, baby, third chair. But on Christmas, fourth grade, in addition to all of the Seattle Seahawks gear that I received, uh, which was my first love in fourth grade, um, I received a trumpet, put a Seattle Seahawks bumper sticker on my trumpet, actually. And uh, that's a true story. I got my mom to laugh because she knows it's true. Um, but what I didn't do is look back to my parents and say, hey, no thanks. <laughs> I'm third chair. Not going to receive this. Not good enough. Not quite the trumpet player. No. Kid, you just... Take it. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks jacket. I'll take every football. I'll take the trumpet. I'm a child. I just receive. Never in my mind do I ever think, I'm not good enough to receive a gift. Many times the enemy would come to us today and look at you and say, hmm, not sure that you can quite cut it. Maybe you shouldn't, couldn't, can't receive. Yet here we have John, as John's giving us the story of Jesus, says he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Then he goes, yet to those who did receive him. It's just interesting because you've got, you've got the opportunity to receive, and you've got some that do receive, and then you've got those that don't receive. I want to invite you to be like a child, and this Christmas, to think, what would it look like for me to receive Jesus? And when we read John, we've got story after story of people that just received. That's the good news of the gospel. The good news that we get to hear today is that we get to receive. We get to just be those that say, it's not about how well I've done. I get the privilege of just receiving. So Jesus says, to, to, as he engages with people, we read in John 9, John 11, John 20, stories where they have the opportunity to receive. And I want to give you a few people who receive. And then he says this, but to those who believed in his name. So it's receive. And then you say, okay, if I want to receive, what's my next step? And then it's real simple. Believe. To those who believed, he gave the right to become children of God. He comes to this broken man in John 9. 
He's a blind man. And if you're familiar with the story, then you think mostly in terms of blind, but I want to invite you to think not just about blind, but I want you to think about where he sits in society. He's a man that surely has disappointment. The physical body that I have doesn't enable me to accomplish the goals that I have. So I sit, potentially beg. I'm at the bottom. Life didn't turn out like I had hoped. And Jesus engaged in conversation with him. And Jesus says, do you believe in the son of man? Who's he? Is he that is speaking to you? Yes, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped. So here's Jesus. And the blind man receives and then believes. Maybe you're here today and you would say that's your story. Maybe you thought, you know, I thought that by now I would have accomplished more. I would have achieved more. Nice to hear some good news about Jesus, Christianity. That's probably for the people that have life figured out. I'm not one of those people. I'm too broken, too addicted. I've got too much hate. And I wonder if you could just receive like this blind man. Maybe, maybe you're disappointed in status, circumstance, relationships. And just like a broken blind man who experiences Jesus, he has the opportunity to believe. There's another one in John 11. And I would call it a grieving woman or a sad woman. It's so a woman who has just had her brother die. And she had hoped for Jesus to heal her brother in the story in John 11, he engages in this conversation with a lady named Martha. And he looks at Martha and he says, do you believe? It's interesting because that's the whole narrative of John 1. But to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then we just find these moments where the very language that John gives us in John 1 is the language that we find our Savior saying as he engages with real people. So it's not just kind of theoretical, kind of religious talk for us today. It's an actual conversation. Jesus had real conversations with real people. You could have a real conversation with Jesus. He would engage with you just like he engaged with them. And he looks at a woman in the midst of her distress and her sadness. And in that story, it's actually before he ever raises Lazarus from the dead. And maybe today, Maybe you're a woman that looks at a family member and there's pain. Maybe you're a woman today and you, you struggle with depression. And, and maybe in the same way that Jesus transformed Martha's life, he could transform yours. I love the story in John 20 because Jesus is already risen from the dead and Thomas is a man who had already followed him. And yet Thomas said, unless I put my hands in the scars that he has, I won't believe. And Jesus chases him down. Jesus goes after him. I think of it kind of like when, you, when you've lost a child. I don't know how many parents out there who have lost kids. I mean, physically lost in a mall or physically lost in a parade. And you chase them down. We have all these stories about how God is like that. It's like, it's like searching for the lost sheep or it's like waiting for the lost son. And Jesus goes, he's chasing his boy down. He goes and he finds Thomas. 
someone who had walked with them. And he says, Thomas, come here. Put your, put your hand right here. And then he says, when Thomas says, my Lord and my God, and Jesus says, hmm, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And he says, he says, don't doubt, believe. I was just wondering, maybe there's people here today, 20 years ago, at a youth camp, you set all in. But today, things didn't turn out quite like you'd hope. You've got unending research available to you on the internet, and so you think maybe in the information age, I'm justified in being a cynic, taking 10 steps back. Maybe you're somebody today that there was a day that you were a follower, but cynicism and doubt has set in. And I wonder if Jesus would chase you down today, have a conversation, because it's these moments where they have an encounter with Jesus. No matter what I say, there's no information that I could give you today, no information that a speaker or a preacher could present. But what could bring transformation is revelation. What could bring transformation is an encounter. Maybe even that of John 1. We have beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. You experience a little bit of glory, a little bit of that moment where Jesus reveals himself to you. That'll change your life. That'll be a moment where you say, I, it's not about what I can do. I just, I'm, I'm a receiver. I receive it. I receive it. And can you imagine when Jesus engages in conversation and they need to learn their next step? What do I do? We all think our human tendency is always to think it's about what I do. And the good news of the gospel is this is about what Jesus has done. And what you do is you receive. And Jesus looks at Thomas, Martha, the blind man, and says, believe. So today, your step is, I receive. I believe. And then he says, they get the right to become children of God. That's pretty amazing. So because of the finished work of who Jesus is, the incarnation, the, the baby, that grows up. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the Lord of all. And Jesus, because of his life, they've been given the right to be called children of God. Children born not of human decision, but born of your husband's will, but born of God. Now, that's a privilege. J.I. Packer the author of the book, Knowing God. And he says, if you want to know what a Christian is, it's somebody who has discovered the privilege that God is their perfect father. Imagine if we could lock in tonight with the opportunity to receive, to believe, and to become children of God. I receive, I believe, and I given the right through Christ to become a child of God. Whoo! That, that, that's worth celebrating. My family and I um, engaged in one of our Christmas traditions of watching a very deep, spiritual, theologically rich 
Christmas classic two nights ago. The movie's called Elf. And uh, as we watched Buddy go on his journey in quest of a father, and he finds a disastrous father, a father who's a total jerk. And then, of course, the story of the movie is the transformation of the father, one of the storylines. But I was thinking about, imagine you and me rejecting the privilege of becoming children of God, the perfect father. You know, a lot of times as pastors, um, when we have the same story that we're telling Christmas time year after year, we'll do everything we can to try to tell you the story that you've heard a lot of times, that you've read, that you've seen in movies. So sometimes you'll bring a perspective from Mary's perspective. Sometimes you'll go Joseph's perspective, you do a little, little carpenter conversation. Sometimes do the perspective from an angel. Sometimes you do perspective. I mean, my kids, we watched the movie, The Star. That whole thing is a whole movie based upon the perspective of the donkey. You know, like we'll do a lot, do a lot of work to try to show different perspectives. Imagine the perspective of the father. Famous John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. So the father sends his son He's on a mission. I've been at the place where I've lost my child before. And it was the moment where, I, I mean, maybe there's other moments I can't remember. I've, I've had some moments where my heart has really been beating fast. I jumped out of an airplane. My heart was beating fast. I rode with a friend, Talladega. That was scary. But I think the moment where I was most focused I think the moment where I was the most, I mean, just zeroed in. I mean, mobilizing everybody, every friend, screaming, running, was a moment as a father when I'd lost my child at a parade. And I picture our heavenly father and he sent Jesus He's after you. Eugene Peterson, a great Presbyterian pastor, went to be with the Lord. His son got up at his funeral and he said, my dad would pray a prayer with me every night. And my dad would pray this. He would say, just before he prayed, he'd say, God is your father. God is on your side. God loves you, and he's relentless. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Maybe this Christmas, Father's perspective, come home. You don't have to live lost. There's a whole lot of intellectual reasons in your mind why you've tied knots in your head of why you should remain distant from God. And yet one moment of encounter, one moment of revelation, one moment of conversation with Jesus, you get to come home.
Here's what you do. I receive, I believe. And because of Christ at Christmas, you could become a child of God. One of my best friends gave his life to Jesus. Christmas Eve service. Now, 40 years later, he's one of the most powerful Christ followers I know. He was recently talking about a moment where he encountered Christ, encountered Jesus, Christmas Eve. Could be you tonight. I'll take just a moment. I want to invite you to take 20 seconds and just talk to God. Ready? Go. You and God. Tonight you want to be one of his children. Here's a prayer that you could pray. Father, I'm coming home. I receive Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Make me your child now and forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's stand together. If you want to get out your candles, we're going to take a moment and we're going to remember Jesus, the light of the world. Born, celebrated by angels. The light then, the light now. Christmas is about him. We named this church Radiant Church. The whole idea is that we would see, look to Jesus, the light of the world. He'd light up our lives. We'd see God light up our families, our city. I want to invite my family to come and we're going to sing this together. And I want to invite you, as, as, as cool of a moment as it is, I want to invite you to just engage with Jesus as part of the song.
lights up. Savior is born. In Jesus' name, amen.